So I wanted to ask, have you always been a performer, a, a music person? Was there a, a moment when you're like, oh, music is my thing? Do you even remember that happening? Tell me, where did, where did this all start? In some ways, music has always been my thing. I've been surrounded by people who love music and I loved singing as a kid. Like, mom, hold my lollipop. I'm going to sing for the captive audience and the doctors. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, I, it wasn't my only interest. And I also dealt with some stage fright for a number of years. And so... I think it's something that I've decided once I found songwriting, that's really mm -hmm. what kind of like clinched it for me because I could make something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just just singing other people's songs, but becoming an artist is sort of like a thing that I reclaim again and again, I guess. I love that. And what, when did you, what was the circumstance in which you discovered songwriting? I was actually really into athletics as a teenager. I ran cross country both for my school and for a private team. And I got an injury and suddenly I had all this time. I mean, I still had a lot of homework and stuff too, but like I, to me, it was like I was benched, you know, and I don't even remember where I got a guitar. I feel like it was my uncle lent me a guitar. And it filled a void of like uh, something to put my emotions into. Mm -hmm. And um, I, he taught me a couple chords. And then that was it for me. I was like, what? I can write a song about my feelings. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm in. And so did your, I like, did you return to athletics after that? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. I came back to cross country. I did other sports too. But by the time I was in high school, running was my main thing. Mm -hmm. And when did you start like sharing your music, your own original music? Pretty immediately. Yeah. Um, I, I would go to like this local open mic in New Jersey. Um, my songs were not good, but like I shared them anyway. <laughs> good for you. Um, yeah, I, w I really liked singing so it was just by that point i had gotten over the stage right a bit mm -hmm. and then i joined some friends i auditioned to be in their band mm -hmm. so pretty immediately i was like working with other musicians and and writing and playing cool and when did was there any like turning point like leveling up in your career because you've done some incredible venues you've had music of yours synced for tv and for commercials you've worked with some amazing artists including ingrid michelson was there a turning point when things really started to accelerate for you in your music career yes there was a point where i had i had a full-time job for many years and i would write i mean i would take my guitar to to work mm -hmm. And um, I would eat my lunch, like kind of like a, you know, sneak it at my desk mm -hmm. so that I could take my break and go find a corner to write in. Mm -hmm. So I really stole away time wherever I could to create. And then eventually I sort of worked, uh, made baby steps towards um, being able to work that job less in order to focus more on music and i moved closer to manhattan mm -hmm. 
um, which at the time was sort of like a music hub for like singer songwriters. So to me, that was leveling up because it was like, um, I don't know, putting myself out there more. Like I would spend more time trying to make connections, going to shows and things like that. But in terms of a creative practice, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I'm, a, I'm just like a forever learner mm -hmm. kind of person. So I'm always, you know, I would take lessons, um, guitar and voice. And I mean, now you have YouTube. So I mean, that, <laughs> that didn't exist when I was young. How did um, we do so it? So I had to books. I know. <laughs> I've been amazed by myself being pre-internet person. Yeah. Incredible. And so um, I think that there's something to be said about um, no deciding that the turning point actually was when you started like stealing away that time in your main job to up your up level, to develop your craft. Like, I do think that the turning point is in the moment that you decide I am this and I do this and you figure out a way to make it part of your life every day rather than like and eventually you arrive at these kind of more external moments where everyone sees you on this big stage or you have this big, you know, success with a release. But actually, the turning points are in those smaller moments in your day to day life where you're like becoming something. I agree. I agree for sure. Yeah. It's like the the part where that nobody else sees. That's the important part, I think. Mm -hmm, totally. And ha have there ever been moments where you felt like, oh, I don't know, I have doubt about this. Am I, am I spending my time wisely here? Is this going anywhere? Any difficult moments along the way? Of course. <laughs> I mean, I think that's just part of the artist's life. I don't know anyone who doesn't. <laughs> no. If they do, they may be a little... Um, you know, supernatural or something, but, um, yeah, for sure. I think it's in the moments of insecurity, like something will happen to make me feel insecure. And then it's like, maybe I should have chosen this other path, mm -hmm. but I was just relaying this to one of my besties who has a, like a tenure in her career as a teacher. And she was saying like, even now I have this security in my job, but I still wonder, like, what if I'd taken this other path? And um, so she was like, I don't think that's just artists. I think that's just being a human. I know. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd be good at other things that would be more stable. But I'm glad I chose art and I'm glad I'm able to make a career out of it. Totally. Oh, my God, that's such an important reminder. I think we all, no matter what path we chose, will suffer the human condition of FOMO. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> we'll wonder, yes. oh no, my my friend is, you know, has a family and oh, she has a mortgage. I'm like, oh my God, I need that. But I'm really, every time that I like allow myself to immerse into all of the work that I do, I'm like, oh, I, I mean, I could not be living more of a dream right now because I enjoy what I do so much and I feel good at it and I feel like I get better at it all the time those feelings are just you can't top those emotions um, and to have that in, in your in every day of my life I'm like okay this is pretty cool how did you end up working with Ingrid how did she find you how did you connect well social media early social media yeah 
um, I did, um, well, it, I guess it connected through a friend, a mutual friend first, or a person. I wasn't really friends with him at the time. Um, her bass player, also uh, Chris Kuffner, also plays with other many other artists. And at the time, I had a gig, and there was this like descending staircase, and I had this big heavy keyboard, and he helped me carry it down the stairs. And I was okay. like, what a nice human. We connected. And at the time, MySpace was the big thing. Mm-hmm. So I friended him on MySpace. And then I was just looking at who is he friends with. And one of those people was Ingrid Michaelson. And I listened to her, her songs. And I was like, she is so good. I love this. Mm-hmm. And then I had another show that was like a featuring all female artists, which was not a common thing at the time, like to have multiple women on the bill. And I suggested to the promoter that they ask her to play. Mm -hmm. And she thanked me in a message. And then we, you know, we met at the show and became friends and connected over our love of harmony. And eventually she asked me to be in her band, but she was just as unknown as I was at the time. So, Uh um, it was really just there were there was probably a period of like six months where we would play shows and I would sing and play backup for her and she would sing and play backup for me. Oh. We would like kind of swap. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that the relationship started through like just pure connection, pure respect of what you guys did. Friendship, obviously, mm-hmm. but also, I don't know, I think the reason why people because that's essentially if you zoom out, that's what we would call networking. But right. you weren't networking. You were connecting. You were um, curious about who is this person? Who, what, does, what kind of music does she make? I really like it. And then you suggested that she's somebody who should be included in something because you admire her and what she does. And there's no incentivization in that for you. It's just you're just supporting and like sharing a recommendation. And I think that everybody has to realize it, it, well, not everybody, but anyone who has that kind of resistance to networking, know that it's just connecting and like we are born to do that and we're really good at it. And it's, it's so lovely to help each other. And yeah, it just, just makes sense. For sure. I, I think like I'm a people person mm-hmm. and I, I'm interested in other others. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell when people are only interested in me for my connection to Ingrid or Ingrid's mm-hmm. manager or something. And at the time, I would go to a lot of shows of artists that I liked that I thought like they're a step or two ahead of me mm-hmm. in either the quality of the songs that they're writing or how many people they're bringing to a show. And I would go and I would just say hi. Like I would try to see if there was a moment to mm-hmm. introduce myself, not to ask for anything, yeah. but to show I'm here, I'm showing support. Mm-hmm. And in a sense like that was networking and it sort of paid off in, in that eventually they noticed me back as as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, come sit with us, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that I just basically surround myself with people who are better than me. Uh (laughs) I think me too. Um, I'm doing it right right now. You know, (laughs) (laughs) this is my, this is my attempt at networking right now, like doing a podcast. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, 
I get to connect with people. I get to learn from other people. I get to absorb what they do really well. Like every single podcast episode I've had, I have come out of it with a new um, idea or a new little strategy or approach. Like when I had my first podcast call with Ryan Mack, he was talking about the power of manifestation. I went off a cliff about that just started reading loads of books, started getting obsessed and telling everybody in, in our program in True Artist all about it. And every single thing I've walked away with another, um, I don't know, like a, a, an improvement, a self-improvement because I've been around, I've been choosing to interview people I admire and I, and I want to learn from. So I totally get that. That's cool. Well, I'm grateful to be included. Yeah, I wonder what I'm going <laughs> to catch off you. <laughs> when you uh i was looking at like your wikipedia and it says that you got placed on a few things you got placed on a commercial you got some commercial stuff you got you were uh, placed on pretty little liars i think this is like a fantasy of a lot of artists they would love to have their music be the soundtrack of an important moment on a tv show or on a film how did that come about the f one of the very first um placements I ever got this is like you know 15 years ago so it was a little bit of a different landscape at the time but it was random mm -hmm. and they they had emailed me multiple times but I had just started working with a licensing and sync company and I don't think that placement would have happened if I didn't have them to negotiate for me because it was a very quick turnover and I didn't know anything about signing contracts or mm -hmm what is expected to, you know, and what you're giving away and what you get in return, that sort of thing. So that was a commercial in the UK for BT Infinity. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, for broadband internet. And I was like, well, I like the internet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so go ahead and use my song. And it, it, um, it was a beautiful commercial, actually. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, slowly, I think it's very random for me when my songs get synced. I don't really have the formula. I don't primarily write for sync, but mm -hmm. I don't mind. Like, I'm, I love when my songs are in, like you said, a pivotal scene or an emotional mm -hmm. scene. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just exciting every single time. Yeah, and often the fans of that show will connect with that particular song in a way that is pretty magical. Like it's the, some of them will become fans of Ali Moss, me, but some of them are just like fans of that character in that scene and that song and the way it plays. And that's also fine. You know, that's wonderful. I even noticed on your Instagram page on trying under some of those videos that you made about the single release, the amount of the depth of engagement in the comment section, I was like, oh my goodness. So people are very much stands um, who are your fans. How has that process been of building a fan base? How, how has it happened? Has it been through the life? It's probably a mixture of everything, but tell me how you think you've come to have these wonderful supportive fans. I think originally it was primarily for, through touring. Mm -hmm both both as my own artist project and when I tour as a sideman mm -hmm. um I can't I can't necessarily say why people connect to my music but I think that I make a point of making genuine connections with people who are interested in my music 
I'm just as curious to know about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. often on my Patreon page, I'll just be like, what are you listening to? What are you reading? Like, uh-huh. I feel like I found my people. Yeah. If they like my music enough to like be there, it's like we're friends, basically. Um, I usually know where, like their names, where they live, you know, and a bit about their lives. And I, I really enjoy that. So um, I think through genuine c- connection, which can happen through social media as mm-hmm. well. Um, it's a different, it, it feels more grassrootsy to me. I feel like my music is the kind of music you listen to when you're like really listening to the lyrics or the music means something to you. It's not just music mm-hmm. you're like dancing to. What you said about your friends with your fans, I actually feel that way as well in terms of I put a lot of myself out there like on my Instagram, on my YouTube. I can be very like exposing of my life and who I am and what I do. Um, And so when when anyone comes in to like book a call to maybe be part of True Artist or work with me as a coach, I have that same feeling when I get on a call usually with somebody I'm like, I mean, I double check and we go through the process of getting to know each other with like a chemistry call. But it's really obvious to me that we're going to click because they they have a lot of information on the kind of person that I am. (laughs) And if they've been if they've to to connect with me and motivated to book a call, they've decided that there is a connection there Um, and there usually is. And anyone that I've brought in that is in my community like like you, I'm so curious and interested about everyone. And I and I find that everyone gels really well together. But I think so much of that has to do with how much I'm showing of who I am. And I think you're doing that Mm -hmm. in your music particularly. And I find when I listen to your music that it's slow down and pay attention kind of music like I don't get to just multitask and this dude I feel like it it draws me in and requires of me to to be like present with it which is really special yeah thank it's, you it's an art. thank you I mean I try to write light-hearted music but it just <laughs> but maybe your gift to the world is to get us to slow down and listen and and, mm-hmm. and reflect mm-hmm. I really. think that's what music does for me because I would not call myself uh-huh. a slow down person naturally. I'm like, I go, go, yes. go, go, go kind and of person. I often hear, maybe I know, like trip over my feet. <laughs> I know, I'm so, and I like, often scattered. hear people yeah. say that like, I'm, I'm, you know, I ask the question, why do you want to make music? And they'll reply, oftentimes, I want to give people what I received from music. So I want to give people the gift of the music is given to me and if mm. what it's given to you is that presence and that slowing down and that paying attention then of course it makes sense that you want to give that back can we talk about how brilliant you are as a songwriting coach and as a co-writer you have thinking outside the blocks your coaching online program for songwriters and it's a community tell me about that Thinking outside the blocks is um, a little bit less about like coaching, although there is coaching involved. It's really about creating a community where mm-hmm. we kind of are all each other's accountability buddies. So mm-hmm. the main things is like we get better at writing songs by writing songs. And the things that I have found help me and most other writers that I've worked with are a deadline 
mm-hmm. accountability of some sort, like in community and, and some sort of prompt or restriction. Um, mm-hmm. And so the main thing we do in Think Outside the Blocks is write. Um, and we'll, we'll do like challenges that are timed or co- collaborative challenges where it's like, that's the, that's the accountability is like you're showing up with some, for someone else, with someone else. Um, and I, I do like lend my opinion when it's asked for, and I do some goals coaching. Um, but I write, I'm in there too. I'm in the trenches writing songs with everybody else. Cool. Now I've stolen you as my songwriting coach in True Artist and you're running our co-writes. I had started doing co-writes because I was inspired by a group that I ran with Dave Stroud called Quarantunes, which was something we started back in the pandemic. And that was to pair, um, put people into groups of twos and threes, write songs together, give them a deadline, all of that accountability, um, listen to them on the Zoom calls and connect people all over the world and give people something to do when we were in the throes of our first lockdown, which was so transformative and incredible. And then I brought that idea into True Artist and then you came along and then I was like, oh my goodness, because I'm not doing, you're doing, I've done, but I'm not doing. And I really think it's important and it's such a gift for the writers in my program to work with somebody like you. And they also work with Jet Vesper, also known as Ra, who is a wonderful producer and songwriter. And both of you are doing our it, our artists, releasing music, figuring this out and writing on a weekly basis. Um, and so what's the experience been like for you or what's different about the work maybe that you've started doing with the students and true artist? Oh, they're beautiful um, writers, s- creatives, singers. Um, it's really very similar. It's just yeah. sort of sharing um it's sharing what has worked for me, basically. Mm-hmm. I think, especially with the internet, but also with books, it's like there are so many places you could go to learn about like the process, like the craft of songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bit of that peppered in, but I think that most people, um, one of the uh, beginner writers, one of the biggest hurdles is like getting over the taste gap between the songs they love and where they're at with their writing. And the only way to get better and to move forward is to continue to write songs. So you can see the patterns in your writing. Mm -hmm. So you can kindly assess yourself and weigh your strengths and weaknesses and figure out what part of the craft you need to focus on to level up. Mm -hmm. But not writing songs does not get you there. And yep. when we don't feel like what we write is good, it tends to like make us not want to write. And mm-hmm. so that's really it. It's just like I'm in there nudging mm-hmm. and encouraging and then giving those like little directions of where they could level up. But it's just like sort of like follow me. This is how you'll get better. Not that I have all the answers, but like this process works. Yeah. Just write more songs. Totally agree. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It ha- it's it, like it, so it, simple it, and so hard. <laughs> it's so hard, but we can really get like 
trapped in that just consuming information and strategizing and theorizing everything but it's in the doing and the like that's when we're going to see the improvement the other thing that i love and this came about because of you being in the co-write initially in the co-writing groups and we got feedback that so many of them appreciated being in a co-write with you because they got to watch you work as a co-writer and then we decided to set up sessions when we're not doing the intensive co-write sessions to set up calls where you're just available to write with artists and the others get to watch that process um how is that going and and how, do you think that that's helpful and can you sell the idea of of co-writing i feel like it's not so because i often have to sell it often people are like no no no, i do my own thing i know i have my own way um what do you think are some of the benefits of watching somebody co-write or having the experience of writing with somebody yeah so i think we definitely i definitely learned and continue to learn how to co-write or write by working with other people um to me that the benefits of co-writing have been many, but one is that you get to see how other people work. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you get to see that everyone has good ideas and bad ideas. I think it just takes you out of your your own head and your own bubble. Mm -hmm. For me, it's helped me understand particular ways of how I write and how I work. For example, I like to say my ideas out loud. Mm -hmm. So if I'm alone, I tend to like just be like sitting at my guitar or like staring at a piece of paper in the quiet. But suddenly when I had a co-writer, I had someone asking me a question or um, giving saying something that prompted a conversation. Mm -hmm. And in the in the natural conversation, they would be like, well, that's the line or that's what we're looking to write for. And I realized that for me, getting to my ideas of what I want to write about involves talking um so when i've taken that back into my solo writing where sometimes i just talk into my phone or i you know ask myself like the questions i imagine someone else would ask me um it just you know if you realize for example like i'm not a great guitarist but i love guitar grooves it's like collaborating is the best place to find that you, you can write in other styles and the other element of it is that, um, I mean, some artists feel like they have to be inspired mm -hmm. to write. If I waited till I was inspired, <laughs> I would probably write like two songs a year and then I would be so rusty yes. that it would be torturous and really hard. So I love co-writing because it just keeps me moving those muscles, those songwriting muscles too. Um, helping other people write their songs uses a different skill set but i'm still writing and so it's inspiring me to go back to my own ideas and it just makes it's just made me a better writer and continues to make me a better writer even if i'm writing with someone who's mm -hmm. never written a song it's still yeah. i can learn something from it well i got my zing from you I don't know if I you'll see it on the camera. I'm going to like talk to the editor and make sure that my video is like parallel to you because my face just went, oh, my God, that's the thing. So the thing is, this is what I'm taking, especially like there's loads of things, but this is like I'm literally going to action this as soon as we get off the call. Um, the answers and the ideas are 
in I'm the same are in the conversation. I actually have to dialogue to get to my conclusions, to get to my clarity, to get to to help me make decisions. Um, and sometimes I really lack access to dialogue because I am a solo entrepreneur. I live on my own. Like I there are certain people that are, aren't going to be able to have those conversations with me or I'm just going to be burning the ear off them about things. And I think that having access to those conversations, that's why like masterminds are really useful. That's why I ended up calling the program a mastermind because I wanted to be a dialogue and conversation and collaboration and all of us learning from each other. I need to that's how I'm going to solve my next business problem. I'm like, OK, it's co- it's through conversation. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's about um, if if you're someone who avoids mm-hmm. collaborating, um, I would challenge yourself to try it. It is a little mm-hmm. bit like dating, meaning like some people you're going to be like, that mm-hmm. was nice, but we're not mm-hmm. really a match. Um, or that was really hard. I never <laughs> want to yeah. do that again. But if you keep doing it, most co-writes are going to be totally. good. And then you mm-hmm. might also find people you really work with very well, where there's a bit of magic in the room just by their presence. Um, they make you feel comfortable in a way, or they bring some skill set to the table that excites you, and it can be, yeah, just magic. So don't Aye. give up on it. <laughs> can, and also continue to show up for yourself solo. I yes. think that's really important too. I so agree. And I'm reflecting on a year of dating, online dating for the first time ever in my life this year. And it has been hard. It has been ups and downs. And like I'm taking a break from it currently. But on reflection now, I think it's some of the best personal development I've ever done in my life. Like and now I reflect and go like every single date I went on was a mirror for me to see. Oh, I see you're actually quite insecure about this. And oh, you actually have quite a lot of confidence here and you have a lot of confidence about this. And I mean, the self-awareness I've gained from being in collaboration with dates and showing up and being vulnerable and showing who I am, like it's been free therapy all year. And I I think the way you're describing these co-writes, I I think they're they're missing out on so much growth if they don't take that chance and, and invest in that time to collaborate. Yeah, there's like a beautiful ping pong that happens mm-hmm. often too. Um, and sometimes like I'll have a, an idea that I'm unsure of and I just make myself say it out loud. Sometimes I might be like, it's not this thing, but mm. what if it was like this? Mm-hmm. I just have to say it. And either I met with like, what? Like, that's perfect. Like, that is the idea. Like, let's say that. Or maybe like, okay, I see what you're coming mm-hmm. from. And it gives them an idea that helps us get to the conclusion. Or we just are like, yeah, laugh. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's pretty bad. Like, let's keep moving on. Um, and or, or just silence, which is fine. You know, like, sometimes I just have to say my bad ideas mm-hmm. to get to the next idea to like clear the cobwebs. And there's mm-hmm. this great Pat Pattison article 
um, and he talks about how, you know, the the collaborative room, like it's a oh, yeah. no free zone. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll link it to you. And I think like that's a huge that's thing. It's like down. you don't want to like yeah. um, ruin totally. the vibe. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's actually a really nice way to socialize as well. In I don't know if that's true, but yeah but it saved me in the pandemic a hobby i took up was (laughs) comedy and actually one of my favorite social things to do was to meet other comedians that i was on the scene with here in london and for us to hang out for a few hours and share ideas and just bounce so we're just making each other laugh for three hours and that's the whole context of hanging out rather than maybe talking about our problems or you know giving out about some date we were on we were just like just trying to make each other laugh as the objective of spending time together and i was like i i don't even need to do the standard thing i just this is just nice i like doing this and but we would get great ideas from it yeah i think that like um when i was growing up there was a singer songwriter scene but it was very much separated. Mm-hmm. And so when I found people who are willing to collaborate with me and like give of themselves, it was that that special thing you're describing. Like being in the room, um, sort of, it feeds your soul in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. Totally. It can be really hard work too. And there's nothing wrong with hard work. Mm-hmm. Like I'll say like the amount of times that I write a song where I'm like, ooh, that was an easy one is very low. <laughs> <laughs> cool manage those expectations yeah we're making it sound like quite the frolic in the fields yeah Yeah. um as a final piece of advice for like artists like something you would like to zoom back in time and tell yourself as a new artist what would be your advice for new artists i thought about this um i think my main advice for my younger self or other artists is to Spend time cultivating your relationship with your songwriting craft mm. um, and your creativity because that's something that no one can take away from you. Mm. It's uh, It can give you the dopamine hit you're looking for to write, to create, to make music. And it once you put music out into the world or a performance out into the world, you have no control over whether it's liked Mm -hmm. or not. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. And we all want people to like our music, but we don't really have control over that. And so I think that I spent a lot of time worrying or like trying to plan already, like my look and my, uh, like my brand. And it's like, once I actually, zoomed back in on like enjoying the process of making things then the performance or people responding to my song is like a bonus Mm -hmm. um but it's like i already got the joy out of this like i i enjoyed writing love that i love i'm just so lucky that we crossed paths last year that you're in my community that um, we share so many of the same values. I learned so much from having you around. And I know that like, my students adore you. And I'm so excited for I what we're going to do and excited <laughs> to hear more music from you. Um, thanks so much for today. Thank you for having me. And I love being part of um, True Artist Mastermind. So. Thanks, Annie. Thanks.